a phobia on our six. We got a cocktail. It's Mama Joe, Mama June, or Laura, or Naomi. And before, you know, smoking the bandit gets us, you're listening to Squawking Dead. That's my call sign. We got Crazy Carol on, on my on my navigator side. And we got Psycho Dave driving the truck down the highway, cutting walkers off left and right. Nobody's in the mood for this. You're listening to Squawking Dead. <laughs> this is where we put theme music on. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> no. So, everybody, we are live. It is 1.40 a.m. on the East Coast. How y'all doing? Well, I, I should ask Carol. Carol, how are you doing? I'm a, a little under the weather, but I'm here. And that's what counts. I'm miserable. I am, I am here. There you I, go. I am she, and I am y'all. Well, I'm so it. glad to have you, Carol. We're about to cover Fear the Walking Dead, Episode 11, Season 4, The Code. And you know what The Code is, Carol, right? Vaguely. I don't remember exactly all the particulars. <laughs> you gotta you gotta help people when they need helping. There you go. And uh, just gotta keep that truck moving. There you go. That was, I think that was, that was the idea. That was the general idea. Is <laughs> it keep on trucking, Carol? You gotta, yeah, you're the Wendell in this one. I know. <laughs> screwed that up twice i mean wendell but then you know i guess you did too so <laughs> oh you're not feeling the best carol's a little under the weather folks slightly under the weather yeah slightly under the weather and i'm i as the tyrant of the show <laughs> i'm forcing her to go through this with me it's it is okay i'm like the most codependent co-host it is okay. <laughs> i forgive you david Alright. It's alright because I think this is I think Squawking Dead is like the chicken soup that Carol needs to That's be able to move hope. forward. That is my hope. <laughs> it's definitely my hope. Well, we're really glad to have you and we're going to talk about some stuff. Yep. I'm pulling my notes up now that we're recording. Okay, so the first thing I kind of want to talk about is uh, it's nice to kind of have a Morgan episode, first of all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, I mean, I know the first episode was kind of a Morgan-centered episode, Morgan mm-hmm. John Dory. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I think it's kind of nice to have a Morgan meets new people episode. Yeah, I think it was an interesting dynamic, definitely. I don't know where they're going with it, but it's definitely like an interesting dynamic. I just don't know if all of this is supposed to be like the road to Alexandria with all these people, or they never make it, but I guess we'll eventually find out. Yeah, I guess we will. I guess I think maybe that's the first thing we probably want to address right now, because why not? We're here, is... Do you think, I know we've asked this question, but we're going to probably have to ask this question until it can no longer longer be addressed, so to speak. But do you think they will make it to Alexandria? I don't know. I I think I know what you and most other people are going to say about this answer. What? No. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. The show, the showrunners, the people in charge, the people that know the master plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's going to, it's, yeah, it really does come down to, um, like, the secrets, uh, Illuminati center of the of the walking dead universe scott m gimple greg nicotero and bob kirkman like like the triforce of wisdom power and courage uh and and really they know they're the gatekeepers they know what's going to happen yeah so they're the only ones right and and they have been so unforgiving until (laughs) until thus far when it comes to when it comes to the show you know everybody you love at least they're not like george rr martin right like everybody you love will die (laughs) True. Yeah, that's true. Could be worse. They're pulling in the rear, though, you know? Yeah. So here's the thing. Now that I'm thinking about it, okay, and given Kari Payton's reaction to Andrew Lincoln's departure and how, in in, in a way, we talked about this on episode 24, the big uh, season nine ramp up of The Walking Dead. The way he reacted to Andrew Lincoln walking off and and it being kind of like a not solemn thing per se, but a sort of opening of the Walking Dead universe. Like, there's so much more show, he said. There's something, like, wild is going to happen. You know, it, it makes it so that there is much more story and, and the universe gets bigger mm-hmm. so that we're paying attention. So given that all of that, there's a part of me that's starting to think that isn't wouldn't part of that growth 
and part of that universe getting bigger be in the end of it. And obviously this would be the end of season nine, beginning of season five of Fear the Walking Dead would be maybe Morgan making it with at least some of the newcomers. Mm-hmm. What do you yeah. what do you think about that? It could be. I mean, but with the time jump, you have to kind of figure how that would factor in. Oh, 100%. That's the only... It, which is what we were having trouble with last time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, there. there's kind of like a two time jumpy thingy. Yeah, exactly. So. That's, the, that's the tricky part. Das da tricky part. <laughs> yeah. Poor Carol. <laughs> we're going to make it, Carol. I promise you. It's like a Bon Jovi song. Yep, we'll get there. Halfway there. <laughs> we're not, not even close to halfway there. Unless the show's really short. <laughs> We will see how only, that goes. Only, only I found that funny. We will see how that goes. And now we're going to go to... <laughs> this is like the Cliff's Notes of, of a podcast, basically. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, I'm like, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of coming off of just having hung out with a bunch of friends right now. So <laughs> I'm kind of like, oh, you got to get my bearings. I gotta, it's, like, it's, it's so much different than walking off, uh, just getting off of work, mm-hmm. you know, having a moment and then getting on the show. Like after having just watched and taking notes. Right. Because right. you're still kind of on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm kind of like my brain is turned off right now. I just came back from vacation. Yeah, see on Tuesday. Right. Yeah, it's it's been rough. It's been a little rough. I can imagine. It has trying, to be trying to pick that up. Oof. Pick it up. Got a bogey on my six. So first things first. Right out of the gate, it's storming. It's raining. Alicia's just left Morgan out in the cold. He's like, brr, just being rejected by Alicia. Mm-hmm. And the first thing you see is that walker that, that comes out uh, right behind the truck. And Morgan's about ready to attack it. And then the wind kind of just picks up and, and slams his head again. Oh, wait, something hits him in the head. Hits yeah. the walker in the head. Mm-hmm. And it slams against the truck. Yes. Now, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, it was funny. It was, it was very comedic timing. I, just like the show tries to figure out new ways to put walkers in situations, you know, like walkers against the wind and swamp walkers, radioactive walkers, uh, sand walkers. Uh, they, I think they also try to figure out new ways to kill them, too. Yeah. And this was kind of one of them. Yeah, this, this definitely was. In a humorous way at that. Like, nature kind of taking over and going, nah, not so fast, and then mm-hmm. just tossing something. But I think it still serves a dual purpose, because along with this episode being a very humorous episode, uh, obviously, even with just with this walker kill, uh, I think the undertone of this... I think it's, it's hard to, I think completely express how dangerous this hurricane is Mm -hmm. and i think it has like this dual purpose of making this a a hilarious walker kill but also really expressing how oh that could have easily have been morgan's melon yeah i know exactly definitely so so i i was thinking that because i was kind of like what's to say something just won't end the show him on the show right now so yeah so I thought that was in- I thought that was notable. I, I mean, because just like just like the last episode, um, which was what, close your eyes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all the ways in which the show tried to get you to feel something for that family that died. You know, mm-hmm. actually treat them like they used to be people. It's Mother Nature gets you to treat it seriously on the show. No, really, really, we're a very, yeah. we're a very powerful storm that you don't, and don't screw with us. So anyway, I don't know, I don't want to spend too much time on that, but in the very next scene, you know, obviously Morgan gets into the semi, mm-hmm. and what do we get? We immediately get him rooting around one of those care boxes that are on the yes. side of the road that we're finally getting some answers for in this episode, mm-hmm. and well, lo and behold, for, th- I think, what, uh, was it a third time this, this season where he gets a peanut butter protein bar? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're making it ve- very obvious um, that they're, uh, these callbacks mm-hmm. a little too obvious. But I guess it makes sense, right? If you think about it. Like, each of these these peanut butter protein bars kind of reminds him of back home. Yeah. I didn't think of that until just now. But Yeah, they're like reminders. Right. And, and it's like all these little reminders pulling him back to Alexandria, mm-hmm. I think, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, one thing that I thought of when we were watching some of the sneak peeks, right? From even, like, the, the season trailer, right? Or, no, the mid-season trailer. Um, one of the things that I noticed was that was in that trailer like Morgan was no longer in Texas like it was in Mississippi right or somewhere else somewhere where the gang like, was not yeah looks like it was supposed to be Mississippi right and in this episode they confirmed where he was it, it just seems like he he seemed like he wasn't where everybody else was and then yeah. confirmed and and even more so like for the trailer for this week it was kind of like yeah he they they broke that he um that he was in mississippi and i was kind of like thinking to myself oh my god it's like morgan and the wizard of uh, the wizard of oz and like it, like morgan is is uh dorothy mm-hmm. and his stick is toto yeah. 
<laughs> so. Oh, we're not in Texas anymore, stick thing. There you go. So, yeah, I just thought that was pretty st- stupid. Because <laughs> I was kind of like, oh my God, he was literally in a storm, hiding from the storm. And, th- and all I could think about was the, 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 the semi-truck in the air, like twirling around, like wow. in, the, in the cyclone, <laughs> and then landing somewhere in Oz. I guess I'm, I'm surprised he didn't feel the driving at all. Oh my god. And the two people he meets. Oh my god, he meets three people. Oh my god, we gotta keep going with this. Because he meets three people, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he meets the Tin Man. <laughs> the straw man, the tin man, and and the uh, and the line, the cowardly line. There you have it. Holy crap! I've I've got to ask. I've got to ask some of these pe- some of these guys on the show, the production, if like that's what they were intending, like the Wizard of Oz. I wonder. That'd be interesting if that was the intention. Oh my god! All right, so we have to get into this because because this is going to keep popping up. Maybe hopefully mm-hmm. I'll keep I'll keep tying in the Wizard of Oz with this episode somehow. Mm-hmm. We've got to go home, Toto. But the bridge is washed out, quote unquote. <laughs> I know. I don't want to go home. I don't want to leave you. <laughs> I said the bridge is out. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> so yeah, so, so Morgan goes into the truck stop after he leaves the semi. You know, obviously, he, he hitched a ride with somebody who took him somewhere. He was probably really cold. He was really tired. And he just wasn't conscious of it. Uh, and in Mississippi, in this truck stop, a long way from uh, wherever they were in Texas, he, uh, he goes into the truck stop, notices that there's power, right, immediately. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, it's it's just bizarre. Everything's in order. It's not ransacked. It looks very well kept. It supplies everywhere. It's kind of like the hardware store, if you remember from mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from John's neighborhood, John Dory's neighborhood. And and it's kind of funny if you think about it. There there's this interesting parallel between the store where John Dory only took what he needed and and left the rest, right? Mm-hmm. And this truck truck stop is doing sort of the same thing. I thought it was worth mentioning because I don't know. Maybe there's a tie-in. Maybe there's a tie with John Dory. I don't know, maybe there's a, a philosophy that's going on here. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really sure. But um, I thought it was an interesting tie-in. Yeah, and especially when I was watch- watching the trailer, I was kind of like noticing, oh, take what you need, leave the rest. Or like when they found the first box, I'm like, oh, wait, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like John Dory only took the one hammer. Only, he only took, you know, he rented out the videos and signed out, signed them out right, before right. he signed them back in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just in case. That's right, yeah. So I don't know, maybe there, maybe something up ahead will kind of link back to the trucker network thing. But yeah, mm-hmm. apparently this is a truck stop for like a, and this is where it starts getting interesting because given the fact that we've, I'm assuming we've all watched the episode. So one of the things I kind of want to dive into right away, and maybe we'll find answers as we talk about it, is who was on the other end of that radio? The woman that Morgan spoke to on the CB. Right, who we do see at the end. Right. Well, I mean, was it her? That's the thing. I assumed yes. Uh, yeah, so I'm not sure. She seemed, whoever was on the other end with Morgan at the beginning of the episode seems to know the roots, seems to know where he is exactly. And it could be, and maybe you're right, it could be that she just read the the map that Purvis, which is the, the trucker, uh, the trucker whose truck that Morgan was in but did not drive him, <laughs> apparently, as we find out by the end. Uh, Purvis may have had one of those maps on him and maybe the woman the scary woman at the end of the episode who I'm referring to as scary woman mm-hmm. uh, took that off of him read it and, and also noticed maybe this woman also noticed the care packages on the side of the road mm-hmm. the take what you need leave what you don't thing right. mm-hmm. and she does seem to be writing it on Purvis's face you know Walker Purvis right and that's another thing by the way something I, I really really regret um, not bringing up because I saw something in the mid-season trailer and i am i am gonna bother myself to actually bring it up because let me see here that's episode 24 okay i want you to notice something because i don't think we saw it in this episode and i kind of want to bring it up now and maybe it's a good thing that we i didn't bring it up in the episode uh see sdcc trailer no one's gone oh no one's gone Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, okay, yeah. So, so Alicia is in the background of this one frame, and there's a, a dead guy, like a dead walker in the foreground, okay, lying down on the road. Okay, picture it now. Um, the walker on the ground, you need, uh, has on, because it's zoomed in on his face, right? And Alicia's kind of like there, kind of looming over him. On the dead guy's face, it says, people you know. <laughs> so we know now that it's this woman that, that writes these things on, on, on people's faces. And we know 
that this woman at the end of this episode finally, you know, writes down, take what you need, leave what you don't on this guy's face, on Purvis's face. Mm -hmm. So this woman seems to have gotten another guy who says, people you know. So I, I don't know. So there's, there's something going on with this woman. Mm -hmm. And I know that we mentioned in our, in episode 24, our little ramp up episode for the mid season and the Walking Dead season nine. We, we mentioned that this woman was kind of narrating the trailer. Mm -hmm. I, it definitely was her and she's basically saying you know tapping into people's dark side you know saying I know who you are I know what you're capable of that sort of thing mm -hmm. so I mean it's, it's not clear what this woman's intentions are the crazy woman because mm -hmm. it seems as though okay that she's kind of exposing them in a way like mm -hmm. like I, I know what you're capable of but is it is it to get them to do bad things uh, is it to kind of prosecute them or you know to kind of you know what I mean to kind mm -hmm. Kind of show them their worst sides and make them feel bad about themselves, manipulate them, hurt them, make them do bad things, join an evil cause, be the whispers. Uh, who knows? So I, I guess we're, we're, we've just met her now and we probably won't see her in the next episode, I don't think. Because it seems to me that, you know, it seems to be that we're focusing on like two at a time, you know, Alicia and Alicia and Charlie. We have Morgan in this episode. In the next episode, we're going to have, I guess, again, I said Maggie. We have Althea and June, mm -hmm. probably mostly. So we may not get back to her for a little while yet. So I guess it remains to be seen. Yeah, I think so. I think we have to wait and see. Yeah. Unfortunately. So impatient, David. Yeah. So one of the first things that we notice is that Morgan is starting to really enjoy this truck stop before he gets on the CB. Uh, or no, um, just after he talks to the woman on the radio. He has a cup of coffee. And he's like really enjoying it. Uh, you see, like he goes to the bathroom notices are running water and he uses the toilet i think it's the first time i can recall seeing somebody use the toilet on a broadcast television network <laughs> question yeah, right I know. like the ultimate sitcom sort of series <laughs> thing is like we never see people go to the bathroom right it just doesn't happen right it's an alternate universe where nobody has a bum hole it's just sort of like assumed and yet and yet you constantly see guys walk off into the woods or somewhere where it's probably not the best time to walk off in the woods and have a pee yeah. but nobody has a bum hole <laughs> yeah it's, it's yeah, it's it's something that you're right. I don't think that we've really seen it. Well, we definitely haven't seen it on the Walking Dead universe. I I can't recall any time where we've seen somebody go number two. Yeah. Well, not yeah. actually, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. No. Like referencing it, even. Yeah. No. It's kind never. of interesting. <laughs> never. So well, let's talk about that scene for a second because I, a lot of people are regarding that scene like even like on Talking Dead they spend a little time um, uh, they spend a little time with Daryl Chill and Mitchell and and uh, Chris Harder brings out the the bathroom scene where Morgan's kind of caught unawares uh, by Wendell and yeah I, that was quite the opening scene for Wendell and Morgan like Wendell basically launching into his you know tell me why did you choose that bathroom over all other bathrooms right right but it was kind of like funny mm -hmm. like humorous in, in a way but also kind of like let's bring up an important topic right now yeah no it, it was it wasn't valid it was a valid question and and actually i know you didn't listen to talking dead but it's kind of worth it because he really goes into this whole thing where like oh it's, the, it's like the worst thing in the world like he really uh daryl chill michel always gets pissed because he you know obviously he's, he's always in the airport you're supposed to kind of leave that hand that um disabled person's bathroom right you know open and you don't really kind of think about it. i first of all just the cards on the table and i don't know if this is how you feel and maybe it's just because I'm 5'2 and you're 5'3 but I am not comfortable on the dis on the disabled bathrooms toilet oh because of the height yeah there's that, that extra like 6 inches off the ground mm -hmm. and it's like I don't want to feel like I'm 5 years old dangling my feet <laughs> over the bowl that kind of yeah. thing you know no, I hear you I hear you it's kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. It's definitely not the most comfortable, you know, it, it's it's like that for a reason, you know. Yeah. So I just avoid it purely on that factor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, but, you know, had if I was a taller person, would that hold me back? And I'd be like, kind of like, no, because, it, you know, when it comes to the airport bathroom or like, I'm like, okay, think about all the times like you, you leave a movie, right? And you're like dying to pee after that movie, mm -hmm. right? And, every, you know, all the women are lined up over the bathroom. The guy's kind of lined his Going, is kind of going through really quick and the reason for that is because we're peeing in the you know not in the stall but in the, the toilet in the stall 
Right. And, and all the urinals, and we're kind of going in rotation, effortlessly going through the line because, you know, it's less of an ordeal. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, we're all kind of, kind of going through it. And I mean, like, obviously, if someone who, if, if, if a disabled person was in line, I think there would be more hesitation when it comes to the bathroom stalls and stuff like that, the, the, the disabled person stalls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like, if you're like in line and they're way behind there, I don't think anybody would really think about it. No, probably not. Right? I mean, I'm, especially especially as New Yorkers, you know? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure people would just kind of like act rather than kind of think too deeply into it. Right, because we're, we're all ableist, <laughs> I think. I think I think we're a little ignorant about that stuff, and I think it's kind of. I mean, I think it's important to remember some of these things, like yeah, you know, like that that this is a problem for for people living under these conditions, and yeah. to that these bathrooms are built for them. So I guess I don't. It, I think it's kind of good. It's a good reminder, kind of just stay vigilant and mm-hmm. and uh, you know use it as a last resort, not the first one. And you know if if your eyes are open, you're heading in, and you see somebody behind you that that needs it more than you do, just just you know clear a path. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool. And it also, I mean, it also did it in a funny way and it didn't beat your head over it. And in the end, Wendell does kind of agree with him. Yeah, it is kind of like a tiny apartment, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, no, I just thought that was funny. Yeah, I thought that was a good comparison, definitely. Can you give me a minute? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> realistic uh yeah okay and by the way okay well let me see here okay so now here we go i kind of want to bring up right now we're establishing that wendell is is funny in in a way like in a very subtle way um and i kind of want to go through some of the humor some of the lines Mm -hmm. like obviously we covered the lowering the gun thing twice because it was in the trailer Uh, can you lower that please and he goes sure thing And and he lowers it from his head to his gut right so Right when Wendell is escorting Morgan outside the stall to the seat, and you know, obviously waiting for Sarah and all that stuff. So the first thing that that uh, Chill, or sorry, Wendell asks Morgan is, uh, "Who who said you could have all this stuff?" And he was like, "I talked to somebody on the radio." And he goes, "You talked to somebody on the radio?" Yeah, I talked to somebody on the radio. So you saying you talked to somebody on the radio? I talked to somebody on the radio. That whole thing, that whole back and forth, was just so freaking hilarious. And it actually kind of makes sense a little bit because by the time you get back to the end of the episode, it seems as though maybe that they were trying to do that as well and nobody was answering and maybe the scary lady finally answered Morgan. But then who's this polar bear person? And that's why I was so confused because is this scary lady? That's This is what's getting me. Is this scary lady taking out all the people in the truck route? You know, including this lady, maybe? The, the lady that was originally talking to Morgan because polar bear, who's polar bear? Um, Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, that's the only reason why I'm a little confused because, you know, if she was talking to somebody else and I don't know, and there was a real trucker network, because mm-hmm, basically Wendell and Sarah's whole shtick is that they are playing it off that they are truckers and their whole thing is dropping off those those care boxes every four, every mile marker ending in four, right? Right. Eventually we find out. They find that out from Purvis, right? The the guy whose truck they stole the stuff from. Yes. Okay. So uh, they leave Purvis with one of those boxes boxes on the side of the road basically the same spot you know they picked up morgan more or less mm-hmm. and so it, it almost you know it almost makes me wonder if purvis was alone now and doing this on his own mm-hmm. or was there really a trucker network they were operating off of some knowledge that he gave them or something like that and then is this woman real on the other end of the mic of, of the uh, cb radio is she not so i don't know it's just, i'm sorry it's just racking my brain because I, here's the thing. I kind of want there to be a trucker network because mm-hmm. that would be kind of badass. Like a, right. like a group of truckers dropping off things on the side of the road. It's something that Andrew Chambliss says in Talking Dead is that th- that those boxes are based off of a real life thing where during the, the Texas hurricane flood situation, mm-hmm. people were doing that. Mm. They were leaving boxes on the side of the road, delivering them, all that stuff with basic stuff like blankets, water, you know, oh, wow. snack bars things of that and, you know even like knives and stuff like that yeah mres yeah. so i just thought that was so it, like now that i've got that information i'm like thinking to myself oh i, I kind of wish that there there were people like that mm-hmm. on in this world you know so you could have these guys you could have the new savior hilltop alexandria group and then 
you know, whatever's and like basically nobody in Texas except for this one dude, <laughs> this this trucker network or whatever it is. So I don't know. I kind of want that to be real, like this whole subculture of heroes. <laughs> so, I don't know. That's just me. No, I, I hear you. I hear you. Can't be all doom and gloom, Carol. Can't. No, I understand what you're saying. 100%. Yeah. So, um, talk to somebody on the radio. Okay. The next thing was that Wendell and Sarah, they basically say that they're twins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Funny. Right. We're twins. Um, <laughs> Wendell flubbing the whole keep on trucking thing. Mm-hmm. He just can't do it. He, right. he does it. He screws it up twice. Mm-hmm. Just keep on moving ahead in your truck. <laughs> and then he goes, then Sarah corrects him. Oh, and then he's like, okay, when Morgan is talking about leaving his people behind in Texas, mm-hmm. and, and, and Wendell tries to empathize. Oh, yeah. Yes. His, his Bichon freeze. Yes. He's like, I know what the guy's going through. They're probably dead. <laughs> like my Bichon freeze. Yeah. yeah. That was funny. Oh, uh, okay. Here's another one. And then, yeah, when um, Wendell flubs again with the with the whole, uh, wh- when Morgan asks him what the code is, which is basically the title of the episode, right? He goes, we tell people when they need that help then keep and keep your truck moving <laughs> sorry it's funnier in context having done it twice already um when we finally meet jim which we'll obviously get to you never tried jimbo it's an awesome variant to your name <sighs> yeah um and negotiating with jimbo mm-hmm. when wendell's kind of like saying we got to talk about this there's some complexities and then sarah just kind of steamrolls in and says you know what you know what, what are your terms it's like all you can drink we're down and it's just like these yeah. little just these little things that the show like we've been begging for in both the walking dead and fear of the walking dead just mm-hmm. little bouts of humor that we kind of just need to just kind of it's like make the medicine go down better that like it's like that candy coating on the ibuprofen mm-hmm. like i got a headache these taste delicious do you ever okay I, I know i'm bouncing around here but i i had a like like a kind of an acquaintance kind of like not a friend mm-hmm. but that would suck the coating off of an ibuprofen and then just spit out the actual ibuprofen oh wow that's intense yeah it, they, you just like pop them in like candy mm-hmm. it's very expensive candy let's just put it that yeah, way yeah <laughs> and then just spit out the, li- the little kind of cancer looking thing in the middle because wow. by the time you get to the middle it's like this brownish grainy rice looking thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like thick rice thing so i don't know like so this, so this is not the first this is the first time you've ever heard anybody suck the candy coating off an yeah. ibuprofen <laughs> am, am i blowing your mind yeah no i had never heard of that i mean you can do that in a fix in a pinch it's just sugar i guess so that's true <laughs> like so think about it. if you're diabetic go for it you got no candy around but you got your ibuprofen because lord knows you need it for them headaches interesting <laughs> very interesting Okay, now we're going to get to some meat. Now, when Morgan is talking with Sarah and Wendell, uh, basically trying to explain the situation, he's like, like, we'll kit you up so you can go, you can get ready to go and help your friends, right? He, he does mention that he wants to help his friends before he, he goes out, he heads out to uh, Virginia and stuff like that, right? Right. What's interesting about, okay, here's something I didn't think about. He mentions Virginia the first time around, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Why doesn't Wendell, why don't Wendell and Sarah, why aren't they interested in then? Why don't they take him for a ride? or make him take them to Virginia then, to Alexandria. No, I'm not, I'm not too sure on. I don't know. And yet, when he sees them with, when he sees him, when they see him with Jim in the back of the truck, mm-hmm. you know, why all of a sudden are they kind of kind of aggressive? I mean, do you think it's because they found out about Jim and that maybe that they were lying? I'm not sure. Maybe. maybe okay, and then ability. let's try this on for size. Um, if they knew. Okay, wait, hold up. Uh, okay, okay, I'm, I'm trying to figure this one out. Because if they knew he was lying, because obviously he came back, got the car, went out, saw saw that the quote-unquote bridge was out, and he was on his way to meet them on that mile marker, 91, and all that stuff, and then he spots Jim, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they must have gotten held up, whatever that was. They rescue Jim, and all of a sudden, Jim points out, oh, these are the assholes that, you know, built me for my recipe and stuff like that. Right, right. So... Why is it okay for them to lie to Morgan, but it's not okay for Morgan to lie to them? <laughs> Think about it. The whole reason why they suddenly turn on Morgan is because they claim, you know, he's lying about co- going back to his friends, like like bailing out on his friends. Mm-hmm. Technically, I guess, right? Right. Right. Like we knew you were lying about the bridge, <laughs> so that's interesting. So I, I just like. Them as a couple, I just don't get 100%. I feel like we're going to get to know them a little bit better, like what their motivations are, why they mm-hmm. act so weirdly. Because like, again, they they could have uh, they could have 
built grifted Morgan to get them to take him to Virginia in the first place. Mm-hmm. And even after he was on his way back, um, you know, to meet them and stuff like that. So it's just strange. It's just really strange. Anyway, so, but let's talk about Morgan's cowardice because now we're kind of confronting what, you know, what he will, so he's on the road basically back to Texas. And then all of a sudden he sees, he, he hears all these voices. And basically I, I had the captions on, so I'm listening to the voices. It's all basically, you know, Strand, Luciana, John Dory, Strand saying, have a good, you know, have fun on your trip. Luciana saying, you know, goodbye. And John Dory saying, well, farewell and stuff like that. That's that's what he hears in his head. He's trying to figure out a way to be okay with saying goodbye to them. You know, and the last thing he had was Alicia basically saying, I want to be alone. I don't want to be anywhere near you. And so he knows that they're broken. They're all kind of having, struggling with their own thing. Um, but, you know, after being pushed away, it's kind of like as though he's put, being pushed out the door. So he's trying to convince himself to, like, not have to deal with them. So, like, I mean, what do you think is going on in Morgan's mind at that moment? At which moment specifically? Well, that moment on the bridge when he kind of decides to go back, to run back. I feel that they're that they might be dead or that it's just kind of an exercise in futility so like yeah that, that he lost them in the hurricane already and it's better to say goodbye now than fi- oh my god then do you know what that is no I, i'm glad i worded it that way because you know what it is i know i'm saying the quote oh yeah 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 he didn't want to find out that henry was dead do you remember that right 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 same That's- reason yeah that's that's true that's crazy i you helped me get to that by the way <laughs> So I was kind of like, you're right. I mean, he didn't want to do it with Henry. He was, it made him broken inside thinking about it. I lose people and I lose myself. I don't want to find out that they're dead. Right. I, mean, when, I mean, Wendell didn't help with that either. So, no. So. Yeah, no, sure. So, so, and here's the confusing part. Because when Morgan is on the way to meet up with Wendell and Sarah, that whole funny ass scene where Sarah runs over the walker that's in the middle of the road. Mm-hmm. And Wendell gives her half a point. And apparently this tally that they're making of killing walkers, even though we find out later on that they're not really interested in saving Morgan when he's in trouble um, or not really sure how, but which is weird. Again, this is all weird. I don't, I don't understand how they can have a walker count that high. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're doing it while driving. So it's not so bad. Mm -hmm. Like they don't have to get out of the car and all that stuff. So the truck, Mm -hmm. but then this weird thing about Wendell giving her half a point because it's, you know, he, he, he almost hit a, you know, she almost ran, ran over the bird. So Mm -hmm. he he does have this weird valuing life thing. Right. Right. So maybe some of that stuff is a front, like he's not hard. You know what I mean? Like he's not, so I don't know. These are things like I kind of want to pick up on because it just gives me more Mm -hmm. about the character than they're, than they're, they're like fourth, you know, willing to give us in the, in the moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that maybe it'll give us hints later on about how, who the, who these people really are, why they have to feel like they have to act a certain way or mm-hmm. be a certain way. Uh-huh. So maybe there's a lot more humanity in them than we think. Right. And Mo Collins and, and Chill Mitchell really kind of indicate as much on Talking Dead, freely indicate as much that these people aren't really what you think they are. And there's a reason why they call themselves twins and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They're really, I mean, not open about it, but they're really open to kind of letting you in on who these people may be really. Mm-hmm. So, but I think that's important because like, even though it's a funny ass scene with the half point thing, right. it tells you a little bit more about oh this guy's kind of he's almost like a pacifist like mm-hmm. i don't think he wants to shoot people i don't think he wanted to shoot morgan right so that's i don't know it's just interesting okay so okay when they finally meet up at back at the gas station one of our tell me you did not laugh howling with laughter when sarah calls morgan momo I, I, I understand that. Where did that from? Momo? Uh-huh. Where did that come? Meaning like, where, she she plucked it out of the air. She just started uh, calling him Momo. Yeah, because I was like, where did it come from? <laughs> I was so confused. Well, meaning what? Like that, like... Why she was calling him that at all. Why did she call Jim Jimbo? <laughs> well, there was at least some sort of relation there. I was like, Momo. I was like, I was <laughs> like Morgan. Instead of Morgan, Momo. Stretch. I was like, uh, hmm. but but still, it, it's just kind of funny, isn't it? Though it's just kind of like I was, I I was dying. She calls him Momo. This okay. Here's the thing, I, and I kind of asked this at the at the top of the show. It's like it's nice to have this Morgan episode, right? But you have literally probably the most serious character in the Walking Dead universe, like the most intense character in the Walking Dead universe in terms of like this range of acting really crazy, then pretend 
end Zen and then, you know, really struggling by the end of season eight of The Walking Dead. Really, really struggling. And then this like intense, you know, crazy person almost. You know, you don't want to F with Morgan, that sort of thing, right? Right. And then you stick him in an episode with these two clowns of people. Mm-hmm. And the effect is kind of like you get to see like like all the WTF faces that Morgan makes. You know, you, you were talking to somebody on the radio. That's what they, and like he was kind of like, oh, come on already. Mm-hmm. It's like Gilligan and like the skipper. You know what I mean? Right, it's, right. it's 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 just so great to see these two people having a thing. Like these two complete. It's like the odd couple, right? You have like it's just it's, and that's why like when she said Momo, I lost it. I was just like Momo, and so they bring it up on Talking Dead, right? Mm-hmm. And how I think she kind of plucked the, she Mo Collins Mo. Mm-hmm. Pluck that out of midair. And the, the thing is, is that her friends would call her Momo. So she said, you know, I'm going to use this on the show. Mm, so that's I'm, where, I mean, if you're wondering where that came from, literally. That's, that's th- where it did. Uh, yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. And this was mentioned on Talking Dead. She, I'm sure she improv that. I'm sure they like let it in. And the reason why they let it in was because, was because Lenny James hates the name. Absolutely hates the name Momo. So he they, they basically used it to kind of, you know, screw with him. Like, in a way of kind of, like, enhancing the performance. Like, uh-huh, uh-huh. M- like Lenny James doesn't like this. Morgan sure as hell doesn't like this. Mm-hmm. But they're still going to call him Momo. For sure. I, like, want to hashtag that. Hashtag Momo. Such a random name. <laughs> Yeah, if this was any other setting than like the Deep South or the the you know Midwest or whatever it is there, you know, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. I guess Mississippi is the South, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We consider that the South. Yeah. Um, if this was any other place but the Deep South, I would have thought, oh, it's like uh, you know, Samoan kind of name. Mm-hmm. Hey, Momo, mm-hmm. give me that Moco Loco. Yeah, I'm not gonna make an impression. There's limits, Dave. I mean, Carol. Who am I talking to? Anyway. <sighs> So, uh, yeah. So that's interesting because before he leaves to go off to help, uh, when he comes back, talks to Sarah and says, yeah, because he, he, he runs away from the bridge and he, and she mentions on the radio, like even Sarah knows, can detect, oh, I know how much you, those people out there in Texas meant to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she's on the ball. She's kind of like trying to follow the ball. She knows he lied about the bridge being out. Like, why is he doing this? Why is he lying? Mm-hmm. And why is he a coward, you know? So, and, and this is relevant in the episode because, you know, she mentions it when she catches him with Jim. He's like, you're trying to be, pretend to be something you're not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you're trying to pretend like you're, you're you're helping your friends. You're really not. You know, right. what are you doing? You're just trying to save yourself. You're just like us. Right. You're just trying to save yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so Jim Menson mentions a couple things. So when we meet Jim, right? He's on the side of the road being chased by walkers, bag over the head, that sort of thing. We know that Sarah and Wendell, now, Wendell did this. Um, and then we figure out also that they want him for the beer. He smells like a brewery. And he's been hiding out in the apocalypse. He's like one of those Ale- Alexandrians, you know, mm-hmm. the pre-Alexandrian Alexandrians, where mm-hmm. behind the walls and stuff like that. He's he's had shelter. He's been sheltered from the world. So he's he's had like a different kind of perspective than everybody else that's been surviving, scraping, moving on. And especially in Texas. Okay, if you remember from the top of the show, Leland and the Pilfers, and basically setting the scene for, for Texas, basically. I mean, you've got the vultures. You've got basically miles and miles and miles of nothing right barely any people the show did a really good job uh, expressing the fact that there really aren't many people out there in the southwest basically in a lone star state literally it's the lone star state there's barely anybody out there there's barely anything out there either and especially because of the vultures basically hoard it oh and here's another thing and i just noticed it now because like if you if you really think about it the huge difference between take what you want leave the rest and the vultures who took everything Mm -hmm. or no it's take what you need leave the rest right yeah and then John Dory takes what he needs, leaves the rest just in case. The vultures took everything. And it's funny because if we had met the vultures later on after this box thing, this whole trucker network thing and yeah. and John Dory and everything, I think it would have made a lot more sense the juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. Or maybe this is intentional. Like maybe we needed to see people that just would take, would strip everything bare mm-hmm. and not leave anything behind for anybody else. Right, right. To, to really appreciate the boxes. All right, if you think about it, because... Why did I even bring this up? (laughs) 
Um, because like when it comes to Jim, and we get to Jim finally, Jim is like sheltered from everything. He he has like a different perspective. I mean, because he hasn't been surviving, he hasn't been scrounging, he hasn't been out in the middle of nowhere by himself like most people are in Texas. Just nothing, nowhere, nobody. Right. And so he has this like you know the first thing he says to to Morgan after saving him, he's he's like you know what's the point of the beer? And he's like you know are, you got a point of you got a point to life? Or are you looking for one? And he says this like another time also I think because he says another thing over and over and he goes ah beer the staff of life right mm-hmm. and, and he said there's a point to him saying this by the way by the end of the episode and he makes a really 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 good point and he the, so the first thing about look uh you got a point like to what you're asking me or are you looking for one so right out of the gate this because of this guy's not having to survive and everything and having you know not having to really scrounge around kill things he's had he's been able to maintain his humanity he's he's driven you know he but at the same time this might be really 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 dangerous for anybody that's around him because You've got a guy that basically almost made it big, and now he's carrying that baggage into the apocalypse. Like, he's stuck on the old world. The old world he really, really can't expect to have again. Do you follow, Carol? Mm-hmm. I'm here. Oh, I'm, I lose you? Nope, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. No, okay, cool. Yeah, so, like, do you follow what I mean? Like, he, he's kind of stuck mm-hmm. in the old world, in the old yes. apocalypse, you know, pre-apocalypse mode. Mm-hmm. And so he's bringing some of that baggage with him. Now, some of that could be good, like, he's thinking positive and optimistically. He hasn't really, but he hasn't really been, through, he hasn't been tested, like the vulture said. Mm-hmm. And he's bringing a lot of this optimism, this kind of, you know, like, entrepreneurial optimism kind of thing mm-hmm. into this world where he really can't expect much and like if you think about it Alicia just said to Charlie things are only gonna get worse right right. and they're not gonna get better they're just gonna get worse you just gotta be you know you have to have your head on a swivel kind of thing right and right. just be prepared for it gonna get it, it getting worse and right. so and then you meet a guy like Jim and it's kind of like oh this guy I don't know I don't know what he's expecting but then it's kind of infectious also because when he starts getting into the whole staff of life thing mm-hmm. that whole staff of life conversation how beer you know, gets the Egyptians to to get together and and and, and have civilized conversations. The you know the Germans, the Greeks, and the, the ancient Romans and stuff like that. And it makes you think a little bit because uh, it really, really starts to make you think how in a world where everybody is just trying to get enough food to survive another day, to survive the hazards of this world, and the now I guess the natural elements and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you really think about it, if they had beer in this world, okay, walk mm-hmm. with me here. Walk with me, Carol. Think about like the saviors and think about you know the governor and all that stuff if they had a little beer yeah, maybe they could come down to something like a little bit maybe maybe they could get together around the table have a few brewskis maybe not think life is so bad maybe come to an agreement not be on their guard all the time I don't know there's something to what he said <laughs> and it really got me thinking of like how things could have gone a little differently between people <laughs> yeah I don't know I mean there is something like the introduction of, of alcohol into the in the ages how it kind of maybe got people together in ceremony and 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 you know like peace treaties and stuff like that and, and anointments you know anointing with oil and and then drinking wine and stuff like that and joyous occasions mirth Right, right. So I don't know. Maybe there is a place for something like that. Like, what if what if Jim okay. comes, you know, finally arrives to Alexandria right when chaos, like civil war, is going to brew and everybody starts fighting again? Mm-hmm. And then he says, "Stop, stop, stop! If you guys are really nice, I can show you where the beer is." <sighs> and then it just gets everything gets better. <laughs> there you go. Just seals the deal. This is our currency. <laughs> There you have it. Oh, you want more? You be good, okay? Just be good. You get more beer. Perfect. Perfect. Anyway, so, I don't know. It's just a thought that was kind of going on in my head. Because I really do think if, if they just had a beer and chill out, they'd, everything would be a lot better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. Mm. So, uh, okay, so, yeah, so finally Wendell and Sarah reveal their true colors after they meet up with Morgan, with Momo, <laughs> and Jim finds out that, oh, these are the guys that screwed me over and left me for dead, like right. literally. Right. And, um, yeah, and, and Sarah and Wendell kind of, which is, okay, here's where it gets a little weird. Okay, they tie, they tie them up, they tie Momo and Jimbo uh, to the back of their rig and basically tell them everything, you know? It, Almost like they're trying to justify what they did to the to Purvis, the guy who 
previously uh, drove the truck. Like, oh, we, oh, we left him on the side of the road with that box, you know, that helpful box. Mm-hmm. And like almost as if like they're trying to explain themselves. They don't have to explain themselves to him. They could have mm-hmm. just kept quiet, mm-hmm. which tells you another thing, which tells you like, oh, maybe these these guys really aren't terrible people. Like, like a terrible person wouldn't explain anything. A terrible person would probably wouldn't even keep them alive mm-hmm. if you think about it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you, there's just a lot of unsaid tells like how these guys are really... You know, if they were a lot smarter, that you know, uh, Wendell would just remember keep on truck. Something so simple as keep on trucking. So yeah, and then and then Sarah's catchphrase, which is interesting because it's kind of like if you can't keep what's yours, it ain't yours, mm-hmm. which is completely different than take what you need, leave the rest. Right, right. If you ask me. So and the vultures. Oh yeah, and the savior saying. You remember that? It was like, um, uh, we take what's ours or something like that. So it was something like that. I kept bringing it up in season eight, like mm-hmm. because it was something they said and it just stuck with me, and I, I kept having to bring it up again. Um, okay, so here's the thing. I noticed one thing, and that and that's okay. I, I went into a whole thing about Jim and how he's bringing this like pre-apocalypse baggage about how he almost made it big with his beer company, right? Mm-hmm. Selling his beer to a multi his beer company to a multi Augie's Ale, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And selling it to a multinational beer company, right? A multinational conglomerate. Mm-hmm. So Wendell's also carrying some pre-apocalypse life baggage too, and he mentions it when he says, um, "Yeah, he's he's like, you know, I can justify my smash and grabs because you know the universe kind of handed me this disability. It's kind of like, you know, you know, it, I'm I'm just getting mine, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And then between those two, so it's kind of like, and, and and this is kind of like a theme. Obviously, we started out in the episode with with um, Morgan have to having to kind of answer um wendell you know about going to the bath uh, the disabled bath uh, person's bathroom stall so and then we have this previous baggage of like him mentioning to morgan well you know it's not as if like the universe de- dealt me a great hand and then by the end of the episode morgan kind of tells him look i think the universe is trying to tell you something completely different that like in spite of your disability you're still here you know and that in that the universe does seem to have i mean the fact that you're still here means that the universe ain't done with you it means that you're worth you know you you've, you've passed whatever test life has thrown your way and you know it's up to you now you have to decide what you have to do with that gift Mm-hmm. So, but it's interesting. Like, we're, I don't know where we're going to get that from Jim now. Or I don't know how long. And that's the thing. Remember when we were, when we saw Jim in the, in the preview, we're kind of like, he seems like a shady character. doesn't seem like that now, but I also feel like, and I don't know if you use this reference also, but I do because I watch Star Trek, but he seems like a red shirt to me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean by yeah. red shirt? Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're saying. Potentially, he could be. He, could, he definitely could be. It just seems like guys like that are not long for this world. Right. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but I, I just thought it was nice to kind of see that, okay, you know, Wendell and Jim are both kind of in the same boat in a weird way. Just, you know, um, I talked about that. Uh, do, do, do. Okay. So, okay. So the part when Jim kind of comes on board to Wendell and Sarah's plan, right? And he's about to get in the truck and then he's, he stumbles when he's trying to pick up the chiller and, and Morgan falls into the, the little underpass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. When they see, when they see Momo, it's not going away. When they see Momo get back on the truck, you know, like narrowly fleeing the walkers that are, that are coming after him. Now, it's kind of a serious question. Do you think that they genuinely wanted to help him but no, couldn't? No. So, so you think you think that they didn't want to help him at all? No, I think that they were kind of like, mm, well, you can you can manage. Ah, that's interesting because I really didn't know what to think. I I haven't, you know, I know that they were trying to debate who was going to ha- try to save him, but I, well, the the question really is is do you think that they would have even though they knew how how to or do you think they just don't know how to do you think that Wendell and Sarah are also sheltered mm, probably partially sheltered but also kind of like they got directions from him so they were probably like okay all right well we're gonna check out and see if these directions match up you know see ya. you can figure it out <laughs> for a couple thousand miles yeah <clears throat> if you get out you can walk yes if you don't well Right, yeah. So you think it's just because they're just not good people, not not the best people. Not the best people. The best people. Wendell and Sarah. No. <laughs> they're, my, they're my executive branch. Not in the least. 
and I don't drink beer, but Jimbo, you're there too. Um, okay, no, that's good because I, I, I was kind of like thinking to myself, I wasn't really sure like whether or not it was a matter of just the ability to, or if it was just them not just feeling like you know just like not not doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't want to waste you know the energy. Right, right. Interesting. I'm still kind of out, but like I, I, I do feel you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and and in the process of really telling him why they won't save him, Sarah does mention the whole lying about the bridge thing. Right. Like it's not. It's not as though you're you're you know you're the most um, dependable friend, given what you how you abandon your friends. Right, right. Yeah, and this gets Morgan really thinking, especially when he's out there alone trying to survive, mm-hmm. because Morgan now. Just like everybody else on this show gets the opportunity to do, and it changes everything when they do it, mm-hmm. is Morgan's having his saying the truth out loud moment, you know? Right. Saying it out loud, allowing it to change you. Mm-hmm. Just like Alicia did, you know, in the last episode, Charlie did as well, finally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nick finally did as well, you know, before he died. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even Madison did with, um, who was then Naomi, uh, you know, admitting to herself, like, I, I screwed up and stuff like that, <clears throat> that she doesn't, you know, she's not perfect. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody in the show, I mean, this is the season of saying the truth out loud. And, and this is basically the Althea season, essentially. Like, her philosophy kind of just is this big umbrella on the show. And you see themes like this come up where each character really gets a chance to to tell their, say their truth. Say your truth, Morgan. Yeah. You know, and they do, and they do, and it changes their entire outlook. It, it changes basically their their entire situation. Because once they do, once they do say it out loud, Morgan says this out loud to Wendell on the on the walkie. And then when he tries to, you know, and then when he gives himself a chance to, to save himself, you know, it, everything changes. And right. and it turns out that the boxes really do help because it really helped him out of that jam. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it really does. It really does say something about how, like, the disparate attitudes between the vultures and the and the trucker network. Apparently, I, I we don't even know if this, this trucker network is real or if this is just one dude. Right. You know, but still, at the same time, the fact that these things even existed. Now, here's the thing about these things, and this is why this is a little bit more confusing, because if you think about it, um, Andrew Tremble says says one thing about those boxes, and I'm glad I left this for the end, because in the same breath, he kind of mentions, I wanted to introduce the the rescue boxes, you know, the little care boxes, right from episode one, okay, and kind of leave it hanging, leave it open, right? Just like the, um, do you remember when Alicia freaks out in the back of Althea's van about uh-huh. the, the Korean, the kimchi noodles? Yes. This is the first episode, right? Or maybe the second episode, I think it was. Um, he wanted to have those care boxes not to be even be, be revealed until episode 11, I guess, this one. And so the the fact that he couldn't do that, you know, means that it, it, he said it, we just couldn't do it for time. And it was kind of like, I mean, what that would have been kind of cool to have because then you again, it's kind of like mentioning the, the vultures again because it's mm-hmm. worth mentioning it because you have this one attitude of take what you need, leave the rest, and then John Dory does bring it on later. Mm-hmm. And by the time John Dory brings up, we already know who the vultures are. Mm-hmm. That you know, picking things clean. Naomi, we get introduced but to Naomi. Then we have like a couple episodes, and you have the. The June and John episode, well, the Laura and John episode, mm-hmm. and, and his attitude at the store. So I think that would have been kind of really kind of cool to have, you know, mm-hmm. the take what you need thing. And it would allow them to kind of, you know, right, right, to have these little little contrasting messages mm-hmm. within the season, right. But I'm kind of sad that they didn't really they really have the opportunity to really do it. Mm-hmm. So, but it's good to know because it shows how much thought they kind of really gave to the series. You know how much how much real thoughtfulness that that went into some of their narratives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, how do you feel about Morgan's new stick, quote unquote, four four two stick? What, the, the marker. Yeah, I mean, I think it's effective, that's for sure. Darn tootin'. <laughs> oh, I did it too Very now. effective. Very effective. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you don't miss his stick? Do you miss his stick? Um, so-so. I mean, like, I, I think, you know, it's a cool new weapon of choice. So it'll be interesting to see if that, they stick around with that, right. you know? Yeah, I think it will. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, Momo. Momo, you're just evolving. We will see. Now we go straight from that, from the 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 new <laughs> the, the new Walker killing stick, 
um, to the fact that, you know, the box is saved. Morgan, he mentions it to Wendell. He's like, I don't know if you're listening to me. I don't know if you heard me. But it turns out those boxes were more helpful than you thought. Mm-hmm. And you get that montage of him running again. Like, if you notice that when when it shows him running to, like, Wendell and Sarah or whatever, he, running to basically Texas, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same similar kind of montage that he had when he was running away from Alexandria. Mm-hmm. Like, it just showed showed his feet, showed him kind of walking through all these different terrains, the mud, the and all that stuff right and so I just thought that was interesting that we're kind of having this recurring um, montage of, of different and we saw something similar to this when in season 8 of The Walking Dead at the beginning of the season we saw the montage of you know Rick, Rick Carroll and Daryl mm-hmm. you know all this like that slow-mo pan shot sort of thing and then we see it later on also when it came to Negan and um, and, and Dwight and uh, what was Stephen Ogg's character uh, Simon Simon right mm-hmm. and, and same kind of montage except two different teams uh-huh. and here we have and here we have Morgan running towards friends rather than running away from people <laughs> so I just thought that was pretty interesting because immediately after that montage he gets kind of rewarded with Wendell and Sarah he's like when did you find out that, that the, the directions were wrong it was like we kind of find, figured it out a couple hundred up a hundred miles in we check the map actually it was like there is no exit 77c right right and so here's where things get really really weird because again i can't really figure out what these people are about uh, what wendell and sarah are all about i can figure out jim he's kind of simple but i just can't figure out wendell and sarah because he's mentioning how the boxes helped he mentioned he mentions you know what i could just i can go it alone or you can take me there either way you know it doesn't matter to me but if we are going to go and if you are going to take me we're going to make some stops along the way because they have all the drop boxes you know so what, what really gets weird is why why do you I, I'm trying to figure out maybe you can help me <clears throat> why do you why does Wendell and Sarah go along with with Momo's plan um, probably because they really just want to know how to get to Alexandria so they have to suck it up so you think do you think so you think they just merely have him uh, he, he has him over a barrel yes and they really literally have to go along with it mm-hmm. but I think he fi- he figured out something else too that I don't think that they really want to kill him or or kill period mm-hmm. between not killing the crow you know I, I think they really just want to see they just don't want to have to work for what they get mm-hmm. I mean it says it all I mean Sarah says it all if you can't keep what you what you have it wasn't yours to begin with basically mm-hmm. so yeah. I think to me it's kind of like you know, finders keepers losers weepers kind of thing yeah I mean they're like children essentially yeah, I would. I would agree with that. Yeah. You know, if you want to, like, if you want, if you want to have ice cream after dinner, you gotta, you gotta eat your broccoli. Mm-hmm. So basically, that's basically do these good things, and you, I'll give you what you want, no problem. So that's that's kind of interesting. I'm I'm trying to navigate this. I'm trying to figure out what they are. And the reason why I'm having a little bit more trouble is because, and it shouldn't be because they kind of spell it out. So Mo Collins, Chill Mitchell, when somebody on the show basically said, I think it's either Chris Hardwick or it was. It was Drew Scott, and Drew Scott said something to the effect of, oh, they're kind of like grifters. Mo, Mo Collins interjects, and she basically says, oh, I don't think we're grifters. You know, I don't think we're con- trying to con people, per se. Because mm-hmm. I, I think part of the con is ripping people off and not caring about the consequences. Mm-hmm. I think she said, so you get the impression that maybe they're more than just that. Maybe there's a story behind why they do what they do. Mm-hmm. But they're not heartless. They leave things behind. They, they tie people up. They give people a chance to kind of survive. Mm-hmm. But again, it, like this episode's kind of deliberately misleading. Like you get hints of like humanity and, and like not wanting to hurt anybody, that sort of thing. But it, they don't give you the full picture and, and their behavior is kind of perplexing and, you know. But anyway, so one more thing about, um, okay, so the walkie, right? Okay, now. Morgan walkies. I think he's walking, walking the team, right? When when he's in the was in, when he's in the big rig, he's kind of explaining what happens. You know, I was you no know, scared, but I'm coming now. That sort of thing. Now, one thing I noticed in my second watch, and I was writing my notes, I was kind of like, don't you wish or think that this is what it should have been like when, because when Rick was kind of like radioing Morgan and Morgan wasn't respo- responding, mm-hmm. you get that sense of, oh, this is what he would have said. I'm that's coming a, to you now. That's a good one. So I got that feeling when I finally heard him on the walk. I was kind of like, oh, this is what it would have been like mm-hmm. had he responded to Rick. Oh, this is what it should have been like. Morgan should have come to Rick right away, but he couldn't or didn't. Mm-hmm. Didn't feel like he could. He needed to be. He could be around people. Right. Um, so I got that feeling. Like, and mm-hmm. if you if you watch that scene again, you could really get that sense of like, mm-hmm. 
This is what it should have been like for Morgan. Morgan should have kept in touch with Rick. Okay. And here's where we get to even weirder stuff. The whole scene with Purvis and the weird lady. So one question I have, do you, okay, because you really don't have a 100% read on this lady. Do you think she killed the dude, Purvis? Yes. So you think she flat out killed him? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what do you think she's about? Because do you have feelings? Do you have thoughts? I think she's just like a sociopath that likes to feel that she's like queen of the damned or something. Like, <laughs> likes, like so she does definitely come off like that. Definitely does. And I get the impression that she's just you know one of those like sociopaths that's like thriving in the post apocalyptic universe. Oh, that's interesting. Like a Mad King Lear or something like that. Yeah, pretty much. All these people that do well in the apocalypse are sociopaths. Not all, but most. Or become them. <laughs> Good. That's true. That yeah. is true. We're all, so that's that should be the alternate title for the shows. <laughs> it's like, you know the song, uh, Everybody's a Little Bit Racist from uh, Avenue, yeah. was it Avenue P? Avenue, Avenue Q. Avenue Q, right. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, everybody's a little bit sociopathic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Man, I'm dying now too. Can you get sick over the internet? I don't think so, <laughs> but I think that there's definitely something going around. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Well, yeah. So I couldn't. So the only thing that really kind of really makes me think twice about this lady is something she says to Morgan in one of the trailers, or, or like the mid-season trailer, like "You better be careful out here" and stuff like that. Which, mm-hmm. okay, could be her trying to trick him into a trap or something like that. Mm-hmm. But then again, you really don't have a good read on her. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it, from all intents, see, that's the thing. I try not to get lured into the obvious mm-hmm. on the show, right. on any on any of these shows, because it's kind of like, oh, she looks really evil and crazy. Maybe <laughs> she's not. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's just me right now. I, I I'm I'm opting to be on the fence with this one. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. <laughs> God, not like I lose anything, Oof. but uh, but yeah, but I mean I've got nightmares. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's freaky. Yeah, freaky Friday. So I will say one thing. I did see the the Talking Dead sneak peek of next week, mm-hmm. and it seems as though not only have Althea and June flipped, I think flipped whatever they were they were driving. It could have been mm-hmm. the van. Mm-hmm. And they're, uh, yeah, it seems like they were, they were in this other car. They're trying to get back to the SWAT van and, and they can't quite get there. Mm-hmm. There are walkers on one side of the car they're hiding behind and then there's somebody else, like an actual person that's trying to block their path. Mm-hmm. And yeah, at the end of that Talking Dead sneak peek, a hand goes behind June, a hand of a man, and somebody says something. I didn't record it because obviously I never time before this episode but it's not john dory it's not any of the people from the crew seems as though there's either a new person or somebody else that kind of mm. walks behind her and taps her on the shoulder basically it could be a hostile force or something but mm. but it seems like they're in a lot of trouble to the point where like you see it in one frame in the um sneak peek that somebody steals the van from them mm. and althea's like in like major mode trying to get it back I will say one other thing about the next episode, Mm -hmm. (coughs) if I have the ability. (laughs) Althea's head is hot. Oh, yeah, I did see that. I did see that. It seems to be that maybe she's either sick or she's sick. Oh, I hope not, like, sick, sick. And that would be a real shame because we never got back to the bog. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but I am not sat- satisfied with her giving really good advice on this show. You no. know what I mean? And not having any like baggage to kind of mm-hmm. impart on everybody. If you think about right. it just for a minute, like mm-hmm. she's been so helpful to everybody, but there's something there. There's something behind her some truth that she's not saying mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that everybody else has been saying and and it's kind of like I, and I feel like I've said this already but mm-hmm. I don't I feel like this is just going to be in the background from the time we met her mm-hmm. that she's going to finally have to say her truth after telling everybody else to kind of say their truth mm-hmm. and it's going to be pivotal like to the point where I'll say this much the man that kind of puts his hand on June mm-hmm. from behind her mm-hmm. I think it has something to do with Althea mm. I think it's going to now that we're in episode 11 and at some point we're going to reach episode 16 mm-hmm. i think we're due for a confrontation mm, i think so I think why am i having so much trouble jeepers <clears throat> i sound like alex jones <laughs> oh, why, am, why am i having so much trouble i turned the frogs gay <laughs> like what's going on <laughs> um did i trigger you i don't know <laughs> I triggered myself. I don't know about you. I just, I can't, I can't fathom what I sound like right now. Like, I just can't understand. Is this my voice? Is this how life is going to be like for me now? Um, But yeah, I I think we're done here. But you said you had some news for us. 
home. This is where Carol just lights up and comes to life. It's her thing. Well, we do have new castings. They did cast for right, yes. Beta and Lydia. So those roles were cast officially. I think the guy who's going to play Beta comes from Sons of Anarchy. I That's think. right. Correct. It is. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard. And then Lydia, she's a young actress, but I think that she's been on Castle Rock. I think I heard. And I think she, she on has Castle Rock? Oh, shoot. But I, I mean, it, it might be a small role. I, I mean, I'm not sure how big of a role she necessarily had. Did I see? Because I'm watching Castle Rock. I feel like I wanted to kind of. Like, I, I, I think she has a small role. Oh, she does. Okay. Why? Well, shoot. I kind of want to know what it is because I, I, I've been watching Castle Rock. I can't even talk. I've been watching Castle Rock and I, I don't know if I recognize her. And I kind of was toying around with the idea if we ever podcasted Castle Rock, mm-hmm. it would be Castle Squawk. Because <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I keep thinking about all these other podcasts we could be doing. Like, um,. Like like Westworld, so it'd be like it's like squawking Westworld or like yeah that's uh, true yeah or because uh, I I've, I watch um Jesus what is it, what is it called uh the one on sci-fi I just finished watching the second season of mm-hmm. of um shoot 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 oh I hate it when when it gets to be this hour and you're kind of like oh I can't remember anything yes yeah uh, but yeah I mean think of all the series that you can think of and like just put squawk on it like I wanted to even call our our, our incorporated squawk ink I know right <laughs> <clears throat> that's actually not a bad idea yeah but then again like you know an LLC an INC mm-hmm. uh, a corp squawk corp <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. Um, I'm trying to find the actress, but I can't. Do you remember her name? Do, what are the names of the people that are that they're um, of the the cast members now? The the actors' names. Yeah, oh, I don't remember off the top of my head. I have to look that up. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I mean the, the guy that plays that's go, that's going to be playing Beta. He looks like the real deal. Yeah, he does. He it's appropriately cast. <clears throat> I 100% agree. Cassidy McClincy oh, is Lydia. Just takes a little goggling. Now I want to see if she's on Castle Rock because I have not encountered her yet. Let's see. IMDB says, <clears throat> oh, she is on Castle Rock. You are 100% correct. Oh, I know who she plays on Castle Rock. She plays the younger version of one of the uh, the present day actors. <laughs> yeah. You, it's a great show. You you should watch that show. You'll see what I mean. I mean, if you like getting creeped out, but I, I'm not sure that you do. No, I mean, I've heard a lot of good things about it. It's just, you know, finding the time. Finding between this show <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> In life, <laughs> I get you. I got you, and that's a really, it's kind of a good place to uh, to end on. There we go. <laughs> Given our conditions, Given we're dying here. What is going on? Given our conditions, today. we have an internet virus. I know. We have malware on our. <laughs> I'm suffering from malware. You're suffering from um, old school wear. Old There's... school viruses. Oh my god! I can barely talk now. Yeah. You, you can hear me wheeze a little. Watch this. Watch this. Wait, hold on. A little bit, yeah. Okay. Gotta be careful with that. Yeah. I think it's because I have, like, the fan on instead of the AC. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is right now. It could uh, be throwing it off, potentially. Yeah. I feel like the end scene at the Muppet movie. Do you remember watching the Muppet movie when you were a kid? Mm-hmm. Okay, do you remember the end scene <laughs> where they're just about to meet Lou Lord and Gonzo has this really excellent idea. It seems like he's the receptionist lady's allergic to chickens, to chicken feathers. Mm-hmm. So he puts Camilla and all the other um, birds in front of a fan, and they start blowing chicken feathers, and she starts sneezing. That's me right now. I'm dying. Oh, gosh. <laughs> there. Well, on that note, was Cloris have... Leachman, by the way. Sorry, she's a, she's a fucking genius. It's funny. Yeah. So yes, on that note, Carol, feel better. And you too, Dave. We need to recuperate. <laughs> we definitely do. And uh, looking forward to having uh, to watching the show on Sunday. Um, to from all of us to all of you. <laughs> Have a lovely extended Labor Day weekend. Enjoy. Don't die, Carol. Don't die. I miss you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, guys.